Hi guys, just a quick one before we start this episode. If you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, share and subscribe. If you didn't know already, you can now find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'll leave the links in the description below. Hello and welcome back to the 511 Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Alice. And on this week's Basketball Weekly Roundup, we'll be discussing how seven NBA players have tested positive for COVID-19, how the NBA is due to restart late next month in Orlando, and we'll be also going through the draft class of 2020 and putting together our top seven prospects. So should we go into the start then, Ben, which is the NBA players who have actually tested positive for COVID? Um, I've kind of got a list here, but it's actually only been one player that's been identified, shall I say. The rest have been kind of kept um, close yeah. tied to the um, franchises, which is understandable, mm-hmm. uh, especially as it is due to start next month. You don't really want to um, reveal who, who might not yeah, be exactly. able to play. Um, but the player that has come out is Jokic. Um, but he was quarantining in Serbia. So that makes it a little bit difficult for him, doesn't it? It does, yeah, especially with the transport issues at the moment. It's like you know, you can't come back over to America. It's the same as any other sport, isn't it? You're not allowed to travel at the moment. So it's a tough one because he's not actually got it in America. Yeah. But then it still does mean that he can't come over to play. So it, it is good to see that there's only one person that's actually come out and said that they've got it. It means that there's an improvement on the situation. Mm. But Yeah, it's difficult because... Um... Obviously, he's come out. I don't know whether it was him or Nuggets that have actually uh, declared that it was him. Um, I would have liked to think that Jokic has a say in whether he wanted that information to be you know, presented to the well, press. Well, I think he has to, doesn't he? No, because um, seven players have tested positive, but it's only him that's come out and, and, and been kind of identified. So, um, also, I've also written down here, because um, I was doing a bit of research to try and find some other names, mm-hmm. there was two unnamed members of the Phoenix Suns um, side that have got it. So, um, you know, you could... Well, it could be any one of them, yeah. but people are kind of um, putting pictures up with Devin Booker, um, which is maybe the easiest one because he's the big franchise yeah. player there. But um, let's say it was Devin Booker and, you know, those symptoms gone for a few bit. That's a massive impact to Phoenix Suns because he's a massive part of uh, their roster, isn't he? It's the same for Jokic, though, yeah. really, isn't it? For the Denver Nuggets, he's probably, if him and Jamal Murray are their two franchise players, so... When we go back on the... What day is it that we're going back to start on the basketball? Is it the 24th? No, not the That's 24th. when they go back to training, so... Anyway, when they go back, they're missing a key part of their team for yeah. their playoff, you know, playoff contention or even challenging, so... Yeah, and, and for any team, um, sorry to cut you off a bit short there, but for any team, Ben, uh, to have their kind of all-star player to not be available it is a massive hit. And especially when you are like a team like Nuggets or the Suns, like we've been saying, who, um, you know, don't they don't have many of them. Um, mm-hmm. So it is a massive impact. And I'd like to see um, further down the line, if let's say another player was to get it, um, you know, a week out from the restart, they obviously have to um, self-isolate for two weeks, see how that impacts packs um the NBA a bit like football to be honest mm-hmm. um uh although it seems to be calming down a bit and I think the um whole Orlando bubble thing um will be a big impact in keeping the COVID out yeah. uh which kind of brings us on to the second point um 
I know we haven't done a weekly roundup in a while because we were kind of waiting to see what was happening, wasn't yeah. we? There was um a lot of talk about uh whether uh you know if it was going to be at Disneyland Resort, whether it was going to be um a certain couple of venues. I've I think Chicago was put out mm-hmm. there. Um, LA was put out there. A lot of venues were basically put out. Um, but they have come to the uh, agreement that it is to be Disney World Resort, which is obviously near Orlando. Yep. So, what's your thoughts on kind of that being the venue and obviously the fact that there's only going to be 22 teams. I like the idea of them having a specific place just to do it. That That's a good sign for me because obviously a lot of travelling and that, it, it, it's still prone to spread, isn't it? Yeah. But it's a good indication that everyone's wanting to get it done, ready, because we have got the draft class coming up. Like We need to get the season done, if you know what yeah. I mean. With the idea of only the 22 teams out of the 30, it, to me, that seems all right, just to get mm, the, the season done. When you've got teams like my boys that I support, Knicks, we didn't have a chance of getting in anyway. So mm. just to say that our season's done there, I know it's gutting for the players, but you have to think we didn't have anything to play for this season anyway. So we're going on to the next season thinking about what we're going to do, yeah. uh, thinking about who we want to draft... And I think that's what a lot of the teams at the bottom of the the lead uh, the standings were yep. thinking about more than finishing the season. Hundred percent, I think I agree with you there. And and to start with, I was a little bit like, oh, uh, you know, that isn't fair on teams that maybe you know, like yourself, who did come into a bit of form. To be fair, and maybe you wanted to uh, build on momentum. I know that affects obviously your draft stock, but mm. in terms of building, you know. Um, Giving uh, people like Mitchell and RJ more minutes in the NBA in their in you know their kind of breakout seasons, it, it's important. But when I actually looked back on it, I thought it's actually a great idea by the NBA because you know you see. Uh, sorry to go back to football, but you see it in the Premier League where the mid-table teams are almost just playing for the sake of the other teams. Oh, hundred. So you know that fixture. It's nothing for them, but mm-hmm. it might be a Champions League decider for Man United or it might be a relegation spot for a t- team like West Ham or Villa. So, um, you know, like Palace, they don't have anything to play for and it is kind of pointless. Well, that's the point, isn't it? When you, If you were to have someone like the Lakers who have already solidified that they're going to be one of the top teams, coming against someone like I use Knicks, for example, it's just, it's just a game that doesn't really mean anything. Mm. If Knicks has, was to win, it would probably not do them any favours mm-hmm. as well as Lakers because their season's pretty much already done now. So yeah. it is yeah, it's a good idea by them. I agree. And I think um, you know, it's good that they're not just jumping straight to the playoffs, um, because obviously there is a few teams that are still um within a chance of getting it, mm-hmm. um, which I think is important. I think Portland are chasing, aren't they? Yeah. You've got um a few teams like that who are, are nearing it. I think it would have been unfair to just go with uh the teams that were currently sitting in the playoff um positions so i like the idea that they've done that they've given the teams that maybe could have had a chance the chance to do it and they've also um given them a bit more game time to be fair so the fact of you know when they do go into the playoffs that they're ready to go almost oh, yeah it's been how many couple months three yeah, months or yeah. so so to ask them to just go in the playoff i think is causing all sorts yeah, of and trouble it's good enough to say like you can go back to training but training and in-game situations are completely different so yeah 100% um so yeah training camps at Disney are due to open on July the 11th which I think is two weeks uh roughly from now um and then players 
have until uh, Wednesday, June the 24th to inform teams whether they will be returning once the season officially restarts. So um, I'm sure you've been keeping up to date as long mm-hmm. with me. Um, and we've kind of been keeping track of like the noticeable absentees. So did you just want to run through who we've got here and, and maybe some potential players that might not you know, feel comfortable returning? Yeah, so we've got a couple that we've making a list of anyway. So we've got Trevor Ariza, who will not be going back to the, the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Uh, instead, he'll be committing to a one-month visitation window with his son, which you can see why... He's not a star, is he? He's not no. the main vocal point of a team. I think in these playoff times, they're going to be focusing more on people like uh, Lillard and Damn McCullum yeah. to come in. Mm-hmm. So as much as Trevor Ariza is a squad player, I don't think they'll probably miss him, if you know what I mean. No, I think um, it's a dent to their roster in terms of team rotation. But in set, but I mean, it's not anyone... Um, like, if it was Dame, serious problems for uh, a yeah. playoff push. But, um, yeah, and it, which um, kind of brings us on to our next one then, Ben, which is Wizards small forward Davis Bertons, um, who will also be sitting out. Um, but his is, I guess, a little bit different. Um, and one I can kind of... Um, sympathise with because obviously he'll be entering free agency after this season finishes and um he just wants to you know basically prevent any injury that might occur to him and affect his uh free agency going forward so to be fair i I think that's more than more than enough reason to be sitting out the rest of uh, the wizards season yeah for him personally yeah yeah. because obviously going into free agency no one's going to pick up an injured player especially if it's a a long injury do you know what i mean yeah but if you're a Wizards team who want... Like, Bertons is a key player for them. He's a, an absolute sniper with his three-point percentage shooting. But it's a kick in the teeth for him, isn't it? So I can understand where he's coming from. But if you're part of that Wizards team, you're thinking, he doesn't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's one of those ones where I understand it, but then also you're a bit like... From the player's perspective, I understand it. From the team, I would be really disappointed with him um, in the sense of, like, uh, you know, help the team see it well, out. It's, it's just um, looking out for himself, really, isn't in it? In my opinion, he's still under contract. Yeah. Um, the season hasn't finished. He has a contract to finish the season. So he should be playing the remaining games. But in terms of him and his career, I totally understand it. Um, obviously, it's a short career in the NBA, and, and sometimes you do just have to do what's best for you. Um but it's one of those ones, sticky situation. If it was someone from um, my franchise, maybe I'd be speaking a little bit differently about it. But um, uh, next player is Avery Bradley for the LA Lakers. Um, he's actually sitting out because of family concerns. So a little bit uh, so like Trevor mm-hmm. in the sense that he doesn't want to potentially bring it back to um, his you know, uh, wife and kids. Yeah, well, we've, we touched on that, didn't we? The, how we said, like, you understand with players not wanting to put their family at risk. You see it's in everyday life and there are people that don't want to send their kids to school or something. It's exactly the same. Yeah. So we understand what where he's coming from and he has a right to say if he wants to or not. So In my opinion, I think that's, a, that's kind of a big loss for the LA Lakers in their push for um, not just the playoffs, but also when they're in the playoffs. Um, he has been a bit of a key player for the Lakers this season. Mm, as as a rotational Rotation player, point yeah. guard kind of player, yeah. yeah. Definitely, I understand where you're coming from. And to uh, 
try and find someone maybe in free agency or someone who's already in that squad to kind of step up and do the role that he has. Um, I don't know. I think that's a little bit of a loss. I mean, people won't see it as an, uh, a big loss because it's not like a LeBron James or an AD, but I think your, um, your bench is, um, you know, just as important um, as your uh, starting five, especially in the latter stages of the mm. playoffs. Another so. thing just to touch on as well, while it comes to players that are emerging that they don't want to play, how does it affect the rest of the team? Because yeah. if someone, I'm not saying that Avery Bradley is a key, key player for Lakers, but if he comes out and says, look guys, I don't know if I can play, don't want to put my family at risk, does that not just put other people at risk? Or is it is it kind of built into the mentality of people? Like, you know that people like LeBron James and people like that are always, always going to play. Yeah. doesn't matter the situation. But would it put doubt in some of those rotational players that are just as key to Lakers mm-hmm. into winning a championship this year, which is obviously the main goal? Yeah. But... Do you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, no, I do. And it's a good point, actually, because um, it also sends kind of um, anxiety, I want to say, around the rest of maybe the squad or the league Mm -hmm. in in the sense of, oh, actually, am I doing the right thing for my family here by playing? You know, am I thinking about my kids? Am I endangering them? You know, is there uh, other repercussions? And I think maybe you have an opinion in your head and then someone like Avery Bradley or, um, you know, Trevor comes out and, and says these things. Um, maybe Trevor's a little bit different, sorry, I shouldn't have said him in mm-hmm. there, but um, uh, Avery Bradley, um, especially, it's just a bit like, oh, you know, am I doing the right thing for my family? Because there was a couple of people we got on the list as well that are for similar reasons, like Austin Rivers and Utah Jazz, Ed Davis yep. as well. They've so, all expressed concerns, haven't which they? Which are both rotational players for their team as well. So, mm-hmm. But if we go on to the next one, which is uh, Kyrie Irwin, who has come out and expressed his concerns, leading the conference call with around 80 players, stating how the league's redum- resumption <laughs> oh my God. could affect the ongoing protests against the social issues. Yeah, do you know what... Um difficult one uh because i understand where he's coming from of course you don't want to take away when the nba's back you feel like it takes a lot of um limelight uh, mm-hmm. rightly so it's a, it's a massive um league like the premier league when that's back everyone's all eyes are on that and of course you've got a lot of things going on at the moment uh in terms of black lives matter a lot of protests in usa um mostly and that's where the and issue is and obviously they still got the covid a lot worse than what we've got over in the, yeah, in the of, uk as of well of course so there's a lot of things that maybe are should be let's say more in the media than the, mm-hmm. the restart of the nba so um i believe that's what Kyrie was kind of going on about yeah. in the sense that he thinks it's ridiculous that the nba should return when more important things are going on such as the protests um and things like that, and I do think he has a point, to be fair, but um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because, of course, he's kind of putting it as that if players want to restart, they don't care, really, Mm. about the protests. I just think that's a slippery line to be going down. Like, I I think you can still want the NBA return and to care about uh, all the protests that are going on and to um, care about the the, uh, social issues in the world. Um, And then I can also see in the other lines where people are like, no, you know, cross getting a voice break. (laughs) Um, You know, it it needs to stop and it shouldn't be a distraction. So I think that's a difficult one. And I think with the alongs uh with uh Austin Rivers and 
Ed uh, Davis, who have also expressed concerns. I think that was in the call um, with Kyrie. So, um, you know, a few players can get where he's coming from, which is totally understandable. You've touched up on all of that, haven't you? Yeah, you just, even just, want me just to clean it all that. up. Um, <laughs> however, Ben, you can talk about Dwight Howard, who is another player. <laughs> the last one on our list that we've got anyway is Dwight Howard, who is also unsure whether he'll return to the Orlando bubble. It's a big loss for them, isn't it, really? But I think it, it is. Yeah, but then it's the same as the Trevor Ariza. Like, everyone has their reasons. When when was the date that they're allowed to decide if they want so to So, 24th. You're probably going to find that a lot more players are going to come out and say this. Do you know what I mean? Especially yeah. if you are the rotational player on the back end of a roster, mm. which... Well, they had to admit it by now, didn't they? Because it's 26th today. Yeah. So, all the players that have basically said that they're not coming back would have said it whether that will be uh leaked to the press or not um this is the kind of players that have been confirmed in the media but um i know what you mean a lot more clubs might be saying you know uh these players have said they don't want to play yeah which you have to understand as a club you like when you sign the contract with a players it's not just them to play you have to understand their rights as well and if they feel it's not not safe enough to go back to work essentially then you can't force them into doing it yeah so it's difficult isn't it very difficult Mm. um but we just thought we'd um kind of touch on the issues that we've um not touched on in the last couple of weeks because we were kind of waiting for it to all come into place wouldn't we we didn't want to do a lot of um episodes on the same thing um you know we didn't want to talk about this orlando bubble when maybe it was going to be played in chicago um so um that was kind of our our news wrap up should we call it um yeah, but we, an update, isn't yeah it? but we did want to uh kind of go on to something that is very soon or or, or shall i say should have been already something that i'm very excited for yeah well. which is the uh obviously the draft class of 2020 so there was obviously a few ways that we could have done this we could have done like a, a draft simulator or we could have done a take the teams as they are now we've done it a little bit differently uh just because i think it would be a bit bit more interesting mm-hmm. um in the sense that uh obviously we don't know how the draft is going to go yet um it would have been done by now and, and that would have been helpful but um if we what we're going to do is we're going to take the because we don't want to make it now long special um although we could if you wanted mm-hmm. that um we're going to take the top seven teams that have the best chance of getting number one pick um which i'll reel off in a minute and then basically we're going to say if they all had number one pick who they take Mm. Um, or which is the most logical for them to take? Yeah, so if if that player was still on the board, mm-hmm. they'd take them. Um, but uh, yeah, so the seven teams that we've got is Chicago Bulls, we've got Detroit Pistons, we've got Timberwolves, we've got Golden State, we've got Cavs, we've got Knicks, and we've got Hawks. Mm-hmm. Right. So how did you want to do this? Did you want to go Hawks first or Bulls first? Yeah, we'll first? go Hawks first. Okay, we'll start off with Hawks then, and um, do you want to take it away? Yeah. So I reckon. For the best fit of their team to bounce around people, like they've obviously got Trey Young and um, DeAndre Hunter, which yeah. is a really good front court. And I think to add on to that, someone like Anthony Edwards, if he was still on the board for them, would be a really, really good fit. Yeah, Having the playmaker in Trey Young, which is obviously one of the best in the league at the moment, mm-hmm. pairing him up with an absolute insane number two prospect like Anthony Edwards, who can comprehend some of Trey's weaknesses in the sense of his height, his build. He's very his athletic as well, yeah. isn't he? So comparing those two together would be quite a scary thought, mm. do you not think? I think I think 
it'll be a good fit. I think we've been saying for a while that uh, Hawks have been crying out for someone on Trey's level. Um, it is, of course, yet to be seen whether Anthony Edwards can, um, you know, uh, translate over to the NBA. But if he does, then I think he's well, the he's perfect... he's predicted to be number one for a reason, isn't it? I know, but there's a lot of players, Ben, that go number one and, d- and don't do it in the NBA. So oh, yeah, that's very true. That's proven in the past. Yeah, so, you know, just because you're number one pick doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be um, the next NBA All-Star. But, of course, there's a lot of potential and a lot, a lot of excitement around Anthony Edwards. And I think if Atlanta... Um, you know, get high enough up on the board, and, and he's he's still on there. They'd, they'd definitely be picking Edwards, won't they? So, I think um, so, yeah. let's go on to two then. Um, the second club, not 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 in order, just mm-hmm. the next club. Um, Lamelo Ball, I think, will be the pick for Knicks. Yeah, do you agree 100%. with that? So it's obviously your boys, Ben. Um, I'll let you take the floor on this because <laughs> uh, you know um exactly all your flaws. But the thing that Knicks have been crying out for for a while is a is an like um, a franchise player mm. in the sense of someone that can lead the line, someone that you know is going to guarantee you points. I use Ja Morant as an example in the sense of he's taken the Grizzlies to a whole new level, not in the sense of pushing them in the, like with uh, where they are in the table, mm. but he's just made them a bit of a threat. Do you know what I mean? And I think what Knicks has been crying out for is a point guard. Yeah. Someone that they actually threat. I've been brought up watching people like bloody Peyton and Dennis Smith Jr. Who, if you're coming up against them, you're not threatened by them, are yeah. you? And to be honest, they don't bring a big audience. And I know it's no. not all about that, but um, going back to the Grizzlies and, and even Hawks, to be honest, a lot of people are now watching Hawks and, and the Grizzlies because they want to see these players. They want to see Jar, they want to see Trey and I think that will uh translate over to the Knicks. You know, people want to see Lamelo Ball and and it's not just his talent, it's also the weight that's on his name. You know, he's got Lonzo, he's got Jello. Um and I think that's gonna play into his favour because yeah. Knicks is probably one of, if not the biggest franchise as in a as in a, a team, do you mm. know what I mean? And having someone with a lot of ego in the sense I think it'll bounce off really well and I think he could if if we had the chance obviously we would take him it's quite apparent that we've interested in him if we get the chance but I think it'll just work perfectly yeah I agree and I, and I go back to that ego thing quickly Ben I, I don't think he can afford to fail no. and I know that sounds ridiculous because uh, you know he can but in the sense of his brother is balling in the NBA. His brother went second overall, yeah. didn't he? He wants to beat his brother in mm-hmm. every sense of the way. I know that Lonzo has come out and said that uh, he is the most talented ball brother. He's um, arguably the best ball brother. He will be an all-star, all this and all that. And I know, of course, that's his brother bigging him up and, and that's what all good brothers would do. But I don't think there's um, no smoke without fire. And, and I'm excited to see Lamelo um ball it in, in the no. NBA, to be honest. And, and I think that it will work perfectly with ugly who I think our next best two players are with RJ and Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. Having a backcourt of Mitchell Robinson, who is an absolute blocking machine, I think has got the potential if not some of the best potential. RJ, who is arguably underperformed this year because he hasn't got the team around him. 
But then pairing him up with someone like Lamelo Ball. Yeah, I think honestly, it might spare that, him on. To that's be honest, a very very good lineup for me. Yeah. Um, so that's what on Nixon. That's who we think they would take. Uh, should we spin it over to Cleveland Cavaliers then? Mm-hmm. Um, did you want to contact the floors? Because I think we have. Uh, it all depends here, doesn't it? Yeah. So it all depends really on where they finish in the on the board, basically. Because if they finish on the board, I think they're going to take the best option, which would probably be someone like Wiseman. They definitely don't need. A one or two guard because they've no. got Sexton and Garland, yeah. who obviously got the potential. So I think their backcourt is where they need to be looking. So someone like an Obi Toppin or a Wiseman, I think, is on their radars as in their first option. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I'll be honest, uh, if we're going on best fit, I think Denny Ajaya. Yeah. Um, I think he's a he's a great fit uh, for the uh, Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, But like you said, if they're going to go third, fourth, are they going to? I don't want to be disrespectful to Denny because I I really like him. But in the sense of, if you've got James Wiseman still on the board, you're going to be taking him, and I think that's just because of. Of course, his, his stock value in, mm-hmm. in terms of his uh, projected potential. And I think it's one of those ones that if you don't take him, you're probably going to kick yourself. But then, you know, if you do take him, it, yeah. it depends. You might kick yourself that you didn't go and get Denny. So, um, Cleveland are one of those teams that are in desperate need of a player who's going to push them to the next level. Yeah. They've struggled for a while. And I know there was a few rumours that um, Kevin Love might be on his way in a trade somewhere. Yeah. So if that happens, then they're going to need someone in that power forward slash centre. I know that they've got Drummond in the centre. But, yeah. You... It's an old team as well, Cleveland, isn't it? They really need to, um, in terms well, of their talent, is is very old. Yeah, um, in their, in their potential-wise, with the Garlands and the Sexton, yeah. they've, got, they've got some of the best potential in the league. But they're not but, being balled in. And no. you can't rely on them, I don't think, in, in a regular season to get you to the playoffs. No. So um, to... Uh, like we said, so who who do you think if if everyone was on the board, who do you think? If everyone was on the board, I think they're going to go someone like Denny or Obi. Okay, I I agree with the Denny thing. I think um, he's best fit. But in my opinion, if everyone's on the board, they're taking James Wiseman. Um, but we're agree to disagree there, Ben. Um, <laughs> and we'll see what Cavs actually you know what, who they pick. I so, think the next one that we got on the list is probably the easiest one out of yeah, all of them. Isn't so we it? both agree with this. Um, so, Jonah. yeah. So we got Golden State Warriors who obviously don't need a one. They got Steph. Don't need a two. They got Clay. Yeah. Three. They always have like a a rotational player, which is not a bad thing when you've got your shooters at one and two. Mm -hmm. Your four, you've got Draymond Green, who bounces off of uh, Clay and Curry perfectly well. That leaves their five. Who's the best five in this draft? James Wiseman. So I think that if they have the opportunity, I think that's probably the easiest one on the draft board. And it'd be best interesting, fit, isn't it? Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see as well if they was if they didn't have the chance at someone like Wiseman, if maybe they would trade up in the draft. Yeah, that's good. Uh, good thought actually, Ben, because I think that is the only position they. Of course, they've uh, what's the word? They didn't bring Steph back, did they? Really, uh, in the sense of they wanted that low. Uh, see, well, yeah. they wanted to they wanted to be as high as possible in the draft, and, and I think that's the reason. I think they've um, identified the issue at hand here, mm-hmm. which is obviously uh, the centre, the uh, the five, and I think when you're looking at someone like James Wiseman, who is available, um, he looks a great fit for and Golden State. And this draft class is quite weak for centres. Yeah. So James Wiseman is. 
probably the only known one that would get into the, the Golden State first team, yeah. which would actually improve them, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. So I think, yeah, it would be interesting to see if they would move up in the draft mm. for him if they wanted to get him. But for me, James Wiseman is the obvious choice. Yeah, so um, next one then um, is Timberwolves. So who do you think they're going to go with? Who do you think is best fit, shall I say? So they've got an interesting season next year, I think, in yeah. the sense of... They've just splashed to get uh, D'Lo. They've obviously got Cat. Yeah, big fan of Cat. Who is their big one and two. Having a young player like, for me personally, Denny Avia would be perfect for him. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So you've got uh, D'Lo running your offence, you've got Cat on the defence, and then you've got Denny. Yeah. I think that's a perfect fit for them. I think... um... From what I've seen of him and what from what I've seen of Timberwolves uh, this season, uh, well, before COVID, I think he's a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. I think he'd slot right in. I think he'd be a starter. I think he would compliment Cat, compliment D'Lo. Um, and Timberwolves are kind of at that stage now where they just need to add one or two players. And I think they're, they're pushing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you have someone like Cat who, like I say, I am a big fan of, I think he's insane, but mm-hmm. he's not been working with the calibre of players that he, he needs. And that was noticeable, wasn't it? Because yeah. he said that he needs someone there with him, otherwise he might have to look elsewhere. Yeah, which Hence is understandable. Um, and that shows how much they value Cap because they went and splashed to go and get D-Lo. D-Lo, yeah. Which, yeah. But uh, Denny, what is he, about six foot nine frame or something like that? Yeah. And he's very, very creative. So, working with those two in D'Lo and Cat, I think, is perfect. Yeah, he likes to make plays, doesn't he? And um, especially off the dribble, which is just going to be great for... Yeah, great uh, havoc for yeah. their opposite team. And I'd like, like to see, to be fair, uh, the Timberwolves next year. You know, mm. I'll be t- to keep an eye on them. I've always had a little bit of, like, when it was just Cat, I was a bit like... Oh. Yeah, you're obsessed with Cat. Yeah, you? when it was just Cat, it was quite painful to watch. <laughs> but, um, you know, D'Lo's come in. Then he comes in, exciting. Um, Detroit then. Yes. So it's quite inevitable that they are one of the worst teams in the NBA at the moment. Yeah. I think they've got a lot of issues with contract-wise, player-wise. Do you know what I mean? They, they're just not the star franchise that they used to be. No, and do you know what? I saw something, not worrying, but... They saw that uh, Blake and Rose. Rose are the future. And, yeah. oh, my God, I, I felt for Detroit fans there. because It's not saying that they're bad players, but you, when <sighs> Look you... at the age of them, Ben. Like, you can't be saying they're their future. Maybe you're near future mm. in terms of the next few seasons, but you've got to be getting some young blood when, in there. Yeah, when you're struggling like this for a while, teams, what they normally do is go into a rebuilding stage. But when you come out and make a statement saying that Blake and Rose are your two main players, yeah, it's, then it's not looking good for your future, is it? Really, and no. I, and and, I, and that's no disrespect on them. They they're great players uh, and each to their own, and, and they've done. To be fair, they've probably dragged a good few points for the D- Detroit over <laughs> the D- 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 Detroit over the season, but um. Yeah, it's, it's worrying, and, and I think a player that would fit them, to be fair, it, it is someone like Obi Toppin. But um, that, I guess that all depends now on, on the statement that's just come out, because yeah. he doesn't fit, does he? See, I think anyone in the top ten of this draft would Im- 
not improve, but would no, be, I think it would Ben. I think that's be, a great word. I, th- be, I think they would improve Detroit. Mm, would be a great fit for them, but if who, they're so set on Blake and Rose, it's I mean. making it very hard for them in the draft, isn't it? Because see, if we go through this list and say Anthony Edwards at a two would be perfect for them if they're yep. going if they're going to play around Blake and uh, Rose. Uh, Lamelo Ball, if they're going to stick with Rose, is Rose going to be sixth man? It, it's not a bad option. Denny at three, I think that's probably the most certain one out of them. Yeah. I know we've said Denny quite a lot. You know, we're quite big fans of Denny. Yep. Uh, Obi Toppin, it's Blake's position. How much are they set on Blake? Killian Hayes, another point guard. Uh, you got Ineku Komu, who so on the seat, Hampton as well. Yeah, who sorry, maybe, I forgot about him. Yeah, but. I think personally, if they Cole had... Anthony actually completely forgot about him. Yeah, Cole Anthony. Oh God, forgot about Cole Anthony, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but I think if they had any chance at anyone, maybe go for a centre instead of John Henson to go for Wiseman. Yeah, I think that's a good shout. To be honest, Ben, um, I think Ob is is a great talent, and I do think he'll go in definitely the top ten. But um, it's difficult, like we said, with, with everything that's come out with Detroit lately. Um, you have to pick someone that is going to start for Detroit, and and you know, centre is probably a, a big issue for them at the moment. Mm-hmm. And and Wiseman is. Well, they did have Drummond, didn't they? And they traded them away for oh, some picks. Don't so clearly, they had um, something in mind there. So maybe James Wiseman is the man for them. Yeah. But like, like we said, it all depends where they go on the board because. Um, you know, as we said, there's not many high predicted centres. So if if that's the position they wanted, they're either going to have to trade up to mm-hmm. get their man, or or they're going to have to get someone and rethink their whole uh, philosophy, really. Mm-hmm. But um, that's actually one I'm really interested to see where it goes. Um, it's difficult to predict with Detroit, and and they've got a lot of options. It's just who they're going to go with, yeah. isn't it? Um, last one then, Ben, Chicago Bulls. Um, Difficult team, isn't it, really? Difficult yeah. with Chicago because they've got Zach, um, who needs another player that he mm-hmm. really does. Um, but then they've obviously got a lot of other players as well that they've drafted. And, it, and, and it's hard, isn't it, with, with Chicago? because yeah. They've got a lot of um, players that I feel like they need to get off the books and start again. So people yeah. like uh, Otto Porter, who... As much as he's a good rotational player, I think this rebuilding stage for them is key. So I think, obviously, they've got Kobe White, who they put a lot of trust in. They, so they don't need a one. At two, they've got Zach, who... I'd move him fan. to... Yeah, I, I am a big fan of um, Zach. I'm sorry to cut you off again, Ben, but I, I think I'd move him to three. Yeah. Well, and this and this a... brings me into having someone like Killian Haynes. So I think he, he is a great combo guard. Um, you know, he's got great speed. Um... And I just think he would work well with Kobe. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, obviously, if you've got Zach at one, uh, Kobe at one, Zach at two, you're going to yeah. have to move one of them. It's like playing two point guards yeah. and the defence is going to be awful. Yeah, so it, it's causing issues there. But I think Killian Hayes would be a good fit. But it's mm-hmm. coming back to that whole thing with Chicago in the sense of too many players in one position. Um, so do they go and get someone up power forward or I at the that- three? For my opinion, what I think they need is a big man. Yeah. So someone like Ineku, who I rate quite highly, and yeah. I think is going to go quite high in this draft, mm-hmm. would be a really good fit for them at the power forward position. Or, again, James Wiseman at the centre. Mm. But I think, for the purpose of, because we've said James Wiseman quite a lot, I reckon Ineku would be a really good fit for him. Yeah, he, he looks like um he'll fit right in in the NBA, to be honest. um Of course, we've been 
um, well, me especially, have been doing my intensive research for mm. this podcast, and, and I've been looking at a lot of highlights of um, all of the prospects, and, and I think he's great. I I, I do, but um, I think the only issue is for him is that a lot of not a lot of uh, clubs need that position, mm-hmm. um, and the clubs that do need that position are, are more swaying towards James Wiseman, and it's so for him it could be uh, between a few franchises um Mm -hmm. but it does look like to be fair i've seen a lot of mock drafts that chicago yet again going to get the seventh pick so um if you know history is to repeat themselves they should be scouting around the seventh and um i don't think james wiseman is going to be available so someone like him is would be a great fit but but what i must say in this draft it's obviously not one of the strongest draft classes no it's not not. so i think looking in maybe the 20th to 30th pick era I think that's where you're going to find a lot of your um, the players yeah. for this not this season but breakout players. You know, like your Siakams and that. Who oh, hundred percent agree, Ben. I think a lot of pressure has been put on. Um, I'm going to say the top twelve, top yeah. top fifteen, because of how weak the draft class is. Um, people are almost hyping them up because they want the draft class to be a little mm-hmm. bit stronger. Um, Lamelo Ball is obviously a big part of it because of his background. Um, there's no denying he's got talent, but maybe if the draft class was a little stronger, it would be interesting to see where he'd actually fall mm-hmm. in the pecking order. Um, so um, it is interesting. Um, it's one of the draft classes that can change, uh, all depending on who gets uh, the top, you know, first pick, yeah. second pick, whatever. Um, but it's going to be interesting. We'll be watching that when it is eventually out it's virtual now isn't it yeah. so um that'd be different for uh I'm the begging, prospects as I'm well begging we get lamello ball yeah um so yeah that's weird though isn't it because uh should we just touch on Cole anthony a second yeah um he was predicted at start of year to go a little bit higher wasn't mm-hmm. he uh top 10 he's kind of slipped out um but would you still be happy to have, have him at next oh 100 he is quite ev- inevitable that lamello is our first guy yeah who we're gonna take this is me talking in from a Knicks fan, by the way, that Lamelo Balls is our first option. Carl Anthony has come out and said that he would love to join the Knicks, as well as Lamelo Ball has. Mm. I would honestly be happy with either of them. I think both of them have got a lot to offer. It's quite inevitable that uh, Lamelo Ball is the more franchisey type of player mm. than Cole. Yep. But I think Cole's just got as much to give. So I, I would really be happy with either of them and you know how much of a fan I am of Killian Hayes as well yeah and so. you know we've not even really touched on RJ Hampton but um there is a lot of players that um you know could creep up could creep down whatever but that was just our kind of view on who we think um mm-hmm. we wanted to touch on it just because you know season's nearly back and um that is one of the the things we're most excited for but um thank you so much guys for watching this week's episode of the basketball weekly roundup um let us know in the comments below what uh, you'd like to see us do next would you like a whole draft class um episode because we can do that uh we just didn't want to bore you just in case you didn't want to um but don't forget if you haven't already um we're on spotify and apple itunes so head down into the description below um give us a uh, subscribe and give us a follow and you can watch us offline and on the go so thanks so much and we'll see you next time